Thank you very much again, Marcel from Snakework Studio for coming along to the Crown of Command. Thank you very, very much for having me. So uh, now, Marcel, we've, um, we've, sort of, we've sort of bumped into each other online through various points over the last few years, I guess. And yeah, I would say years. I've seen you around a few times. Yeah. But always meaning to chat, and it always evades us. <laughs> it has, mate, but I thought I'll, 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 nail, you, I'll nail you down on a, ta- a time and a day that we can come together and actually start talking about. We know, get there in the end, don't we? Yeah, because I, like I like to meet the people I follow on YouTube or I follow through you know, social media when it comes to dealing with a very niche part of our hobby, and that's talking about mainly or focusing on our passions on the sort of older aspects of GW. and, um, and one of, Yeah, one of the best aspects, I would say. Yeah. For yeah. us, anyway. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we can, we can touch on that as well. We can expand on that a little bit later because I've got some questions about for that about oh. uh, about that in particular uh, because I know you're a bit of an all-rounder. You know, you sort of like the new stuff, the old stuff, and it's kind of a, a blend of the, of the two. And, uh, um, but a we'll, piece we'll, from here and a piece from there, I think. That's right, exactly. But uh, we'll, we'll come to that later in the show. But first, I want everyone to know who you are and where, where you're from and, you know, uh, sort of more information about your background as to, you know, where you live and, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, so, Marcel, oh, would you like oh, to... Where, where, <laughs> where do you want to start? You can you can start from wherever you want to go from, mate. But, um, yeah, like... Do, what, should we start at the beginning? Go from the beginning, down down in the deep paths uh, of, uh, <laughs> of darkness in the past. Where does it all begin? <laughs> okay, I... I I think my hobby journey began at middle school, yeah. so what are you around oh, 10, 12, around those years, and uh, someone brought in the obligatory White Dwarf magazine to school. Great. And I can distinct, distinctly remember seeing the Ultramarines tactical squad in there. And I thought, oh. you know, that was it. That was the day I thought, you know, I have to have these. I don't know what they are. But I have to have them. Right. So that's around issue 150, that's, that's around about there? Early 90s, yeah, somewhere yeah. around there. Yep. Okay. I've and, got, uh, got an interesting story about that, looking at those squad of Marines in a UFO incident, but I won't go into uh, any more detail. I think about there was... <laughs> Five of them, isn't there, on the left-hand side of the page? That's how my mind remembers it. It might be wrong, but in my head, the sergeant still has a power fist, but I thought the sergeant with the power fist was in the Devastator squad. But um, I no, might be misremembering something. Yeah, they both had power fists ah. because the one on the tactical squad is without a helmet, and I think the helmet's actually strapped to his side on his, like, his side belt. And the Devastator yeah. squad, of course, had the sergeant with the helmet in painted red because he's a Devastator. And he had, his, he had the fist pump up in the air kind of thing. That's the one. That's why I'm sort of getting a bit confused. So, yeah, definitely the first one. Definitely the bare face on that one. Right, right, right. Okay. And from so, there, it yeah. was like, I'm going to get some of these. <laughs> So, so I, I take it 40K was your first love then? Yes, definitely. And then, but the way into it, I think I found out you bought them from Games Workshop. Didn't know where the shop was and then found it on a shady back street in Norwich. I went into there 
And then I was there with my cousin and my mum. And I was like, I want this tactical squad. I found the box. And everyone said, oh, it's too expensive. You don't want those. So straight away, the cost thing came up. And that was back then. And they were probably quite cheap then, I'd imagine. Yeah. I don't know how much in pounds, but it would be, what, 15 quid or something like that? I I reckon it was about 15 quid. Yeah. Possibly 10. But then I was shown the alternative option which was Space Crusade, and everyone says there's loads more in there for the money. Ah. So that was where it really started. Gotcha. So I think we bought Space Crusade. I can't remember how much that was, probably around £20, £30. Mm -hmm. And then took that home and then proceeded to build all those models badly you know you don't cut them off the sprue at that age do you just tear them off <laughs> breaking everything <laughs> if teeth are required then teeth will be used yeah to do that you know that's how it, all the bayonets off the bolters have been twisted off right. you know stuff that will make you cringe nowadays but yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't know any better do you, you just don't know mm. built all those and then painted them really badly i remember having two or three paints and even stealing my mum's nail polish to paint them with. <laughs> nail polish? Well, that's, a, that's a new one. I've nail polish, that yeah. yeah. Coloured nail, but I'd completely forgotten about it until now. And I remember getting it everywhere. I remember the smell of it. Bizarre. Yeah. You would, have, uh, you would have got quite high painting those miniatures in, mate, at that age. I tell you what. That might explain a few like things in, nowadays. In, in due psychosis, <laughs> like a like an awkward weird boy or something. That, yeah. That's it. But, yeah, they were good times. And reading White Dwarf magazines in front of the fire, probably using the fire to convert models, you know. Fire <laughs> looks interesting. I can melt something with that. You know, there's no structure to your hobby at that time, is there? It's just messing about with everything. So did you play, you know, did you play Space Crusade with your friends or did you have some kind of club or something like that to get involved with at that time? No, no. I had a best friend who lived opposite me. I took it all over to his house. I set it all up. We went through the rules and after about 10 minutes, he just said, I don't get it. So we we never played it. So I always wanted to play it, but never actually played it. Yeah, so it was just all about the miniatures for me, really. Right. Up up all the way up until about fourth edition when I sort of came back to the hobby. Right, okay. Like, I've never played Space Crusade myself either, but it seems more a little bit more complex than HeroQuest from just looking at the components, especially the components. You had like a... And, you know, again, I haven't played it, but you've got like some kind of weapons tracking kind of um, uh, console uh, that you, you put the weapons in and you've got special cards that you can load it. You can load out your entire squad before you even take the mission out. So yeah, it seems more yeah. complex than just picking a character from Hero Quest and, you know, away you go kind of thing. It seems more, I don't know, intuitive but, to younger young, a younger audience. But Space Crusade seems a little bit more in-depth. In some some sense. involved, yeah. I think mm. I think it was all the blip tokens that threw us. Yeah, that's that would be one, wouldn't it? Yeah, line of sight and things like that, which I think for youngsters 
it's a little bit more difficult to get your head around. Mm. Right. So, so did you ever get back to buying that box of tactical ultramarine? <laughs> uh, no, I never got that one. I think I then found the Devastator Squad, you know, when they had the shoulder mounted. All right, yeah. And I liked all the, they had little black flames painted on the barrels, didn't they, of the missile launcher and things. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was the best thing I'd ever seen in my life at that age. <laughs> so I bought one of those, tried to stick metal parts together with polystyrene cement. Because I wasn't allowed super glue because apparently I would stick myself to the wall. Yeah, yeah. So that all went really well. Painted those terribly. Don't even know if I ever finished anything, to be honest. It was all just painting over bare metal, you know, right. no priming. Hey, just I, I assembling heard, things as you thing. do. I've heard that's a thing. Like some pro painters oh. prime miniatures. It's a thing, apparently. So there you go. Uh, maybe the paints are better nowadays. It seems not such an absurd notion that, you know, people don't prime miniatures. I've seen it done once when I worked in the UK in, in a store, at the Oxford store. Some guy just pulled the miniature out of the blister and just started painting it. So, yeah, maybe it's just, maybe there's some secret to it. You save some time. I did read somewhere that you get better detail if you don't do it. You know, you give it like the most basic priming, but... I wouldn't dare try it myself because all the paint would come beading off. Well, I think the I'll problem leave with, others to try that one. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the main problem with me would be for for metal miniatures is not being able to see everything clearly. Like white allows yeah. you a nice sort of uh, blank. You get your nice guide coat, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just nice to pick out all the details, whereas just metal it sometimes can seem a little bit obscure because of the reflections and that kind of thing in the metal. But there you go. It reminds me of uh, my first argument in the Games Workshop shop. Mm -hmm. They had some Space Marines in the rotating glass cases they used to have. Yep. And uh, they'd had a tactical squad and a Rhino all painted silver. No details or anything, just everything was painted flat silver. And a kid was trying to tell me, you know, they just haven't painted them yet. And I was like, no. Those plastic bits on there have been painted silver because they're not silver out of the packet. He was adamant that it was all just metal that hadn't been painted yet. But looking back, I wonder who was right. I think I was right <laughs> because I'm pretty sure you don't get silver plastic arms coming with those tactical squads. Uh, no, I hope not. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bizarre how I've completely forgotten about these things until yeah. you start talking about it again. Yeah, Memories nice, coming back from like 20 years ago is bizarre. Yeah, it's lovely though, isn't it? Like that kind of yeah. going back. And yeah, the more I talk about it with people in interviews or whatever or just chatting with people, it sort of starts coming back a little bit because, it's yeah, it is a long time ago. But um, you do have some fond memories there yeah, at that time. I've slept since then, so yeah, I've forgotten a, a lot. Yeah, beers between then and now, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Some nail polish fumes. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's actually that's a thing. Maybe nail polish, and especially the um, the sparkly nail polish, that could be a thing. That could be a trend. That could be happening in miniature painting at some point in the future. I think that's a that's a nice one. It's like rock hard. It's basically got the still mania philosophy there. You don't need to give it three coats of varnish. Basically, that nail polish <laughs> will just stay there forever. 
Yeah, so. You wouldn't get that off in a hurry, would you? Yeah. I think it's really <laughs> thick as well. <laughs> so that's cool. Maybe when all these people have these miniatures, they're trying to strip them, aren't they? And they're like, there's some weird paint I can't get off here. That's <laughs> the nail why. polish. That's Marcel's. Marcel's Space Crusade. That'll be my old ones. Yeah. <laughs> the plastic will melt before the nail polish. Now, do you still have the Space Crusade set? <laughs> no. Um, along with some other things around that time, mm. I was then getting out of the hobby probably a couple of years later. We've skipped over a bit, but we can go to there if you want. Uh, a friend came round, and I was tidying my room, and it all went in a couple of black bin liners. Whoa. Yeah, just don't want this anymore. I'm too old for this. You know how it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm done with this. This isn't cool anymore. It's all going in the bin. Right, well... And I hate myself for that. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, you know, I've, I've chucked things out in the bin, not because I'm just too old for it. I think I was just like, just just never thought I'd ever play it again, never thought... Yeah, you just move on, don't you? You think that, that phase is done. Yeah, exactly, mate. So, yeah, it's we've all been there. Brain. Yeah, it is a bit of that. Yeah, but, all that money's worth has just gone straight in the bin down the skip somewhere, down the down the landfill. So you could dig it up, and there's probably some of this stuff <laughs> still in an old landfill somewhere. Well, that nail, that nail polish would preserve them, mate, I think. <laughs> it would entomb them. Be a little time capsule. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I hope you get so, to yeah, play I'll, it, mate. I hope I really hope you get to play it. And um, I I have since bought another copy. It's good. in the garage, in the box, on the to do list, which sadly is getting longer every week. You know, you add to these things now so quickly, don't you? That's true, mate. You do, you do. I'm trying to stop. I'm the old, the older you get, the breaks on me. I just can't stop. You know, I writing things down. Okay, I've got one of these. That can be done but they're not getting knocked off the list anywhere near as fast as they get added now. So, Yeah, I think it's a case for me, maybe yourself and myself, that just, just you know, that's all, that like we've got enough stuff, we've accumulated, we've gone through the accumulation of things. It's now actually sitting down and getting them done and finished and having the satisfaction of, and the pride of seeing all of it painted in a cabinet or on a, on a games table at some point, so... That's the goal, isn't it? That is yeah. the goal. It does look nice in a cabinet. Yeah, mate. All of mine have all been disassembled from the move. Everything's still in the garage. Right, because right, because I know uh, you. We'll, I know we'll, you yeah, recently. Day. Yeah, that's right. But um, let's go yeah. back. Let's go back to. Let's go back again. Let's rewind back to when you had Space Crusade. You didn't get to play that. Yeah. You, you eventually yep. got the Devastator Squad from Ultramarines. Was it always yep. a path into one forty k? Like, did you play demos at the store? Were you playing actively playing forty k at some point? Tell us more about your uh, p- previous uh, sort of gaming history. Uh, didn't play at all until second edition. So second edition would have come out. I had the first time we played. I had a small Imperial Guard army, and my friends came around. He brought his orcs, and he allied himself with my Space Marine player friend. So we had a little sort of game on my kitchen table. This was high school, so I don't know how old I was then. Mid nineties. When did second edition come out? About ninety three. 
Yeah, it must have been around then sometime. Yeah. So we had a game on the table. No idea how the rules worked. You know, there was no missions being played. It was literally just everyone trying to kill everything. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you play when you're young, don't you? Yeah, mate. That's it. There's no structure to this game. It's just taking turns to kill each other. And uh, I remember a Gretchen exploding my Lehman Russ tank and it flipping over and killing a load of other people. Because you had the big damage cards, didn't you, for second edition, the vehicles. Yep, that's right. And you had to roll on some sort of table and I think we got the worst possible roll. Well, I'm just trying so to think, was... how, how do you do that? Like, he's only armed with an auto gun, unless your friend armed him with uh, like, yeah. a LASCAR, <laughs> like a missile uh, launcher. It was, definitely, <laughs> it was definitely an auto gun. It might have even been the Space Crusade Gretchen model that did it. Ah, the blunderbuss. But, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Close um, range. <laughs> I rem- distinctly remember, I'm sure he hit the track or something, and it was right. the worst possible outcome, and it flipped over. <laughs> and landed on a bunch of other other things and killed those. Crack shot, nice one. But you know, we probably played it completely wrong. It was probably an impossible shot, but everyone cheats when you're that age. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> oh, I've got to sit. Yeah, double six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's dead. He's uh, he's definitely dead. Yeah. But no, that was good times. We built all our scenery at school, and we shouldn't have been in our art lessons. I remember that using uh, ground-up pastels as weathering powder. Mm. That, yeah, that, that was probably the best scenery I ever made. Yeah, nice. <laughs> it looked really realistic. Nowadays, I can't get that same effect going on, but I think it's because we had the time, no pressure, yeah. just messing around with whatever bits you've got. It had that nice homemade look to it, you know? Mm. And were your family supportive of your hobby? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mainly spent a lot of time with my cousin, and he thought it was a terrible waste of money. Right. Um, didn't understand it at all until I got him to paint a space marine once, and then he loved it, and then he went and got his own. Oh. You know how it is. Yeah. You have a go, and then you're like, actually, this is pretty fun. Um, my mum was indifferent, I think. I think she just thought it was a load of toy soldiers, waste of money. They were always seen as expensive, toy soldiers, I think. Yeah. But, you know, when you got your birthday money and your Christmas money, that's what you spent it on. That's what you wanted. Yeah, that's it. And how, how are they feel about never... it now? Like, how are they feeling about it now? Like, there's, you're still doing this, you know, so many years on, and you've got your YouTube channel and everything. What's their reaction? Yeah, to yeah. I, I don't think they understand it, mm. but, you know, the other half, she did a bit of voiceover work for me the other day, and she oh. really, really enjoyed it. She wants right. to do some more, so, yeah. Oh, that'd be good. Getting her involved. The little one's still a bit too young. He's not too bothered yet. He just breaks stuff. My other daughter, she's a bit older now. She tried to paint some, I called them goats. I don't know what they were. They were like a blue and white deer thing for fantasy. Can't remember what they were. They looked like deer, 
or yeah. goats. Right. Uh, yeah, and they were like a white colour with like a blue shade. And she wanted some of them to paint. Did a few base coats and then was done with those, so they're all in a box somewhere. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what they are. They'll yeah. turn they'll turn up one day. I'm sure but, uh, someone will know what they are. I'm sure there'll be a law video about that at some point. <laughs> but yeah. So it's yeah, it's just me doing it and everyone else just watching me do it really at home. Mm, well, that's just good. Going along with it. Yeah. But there's no one says no, everyone's happy for me to do it, so That's it, mate. You know, that's our yeah, it's our break away from everything else that's going on, and and if the, if you can incorporate your hobby with your family, it's even better. It's a win win, and especially the wife, mate. Yep. You know, if you get the wife on board, wow. I don't know. I don't know how how I can sell that to my wife personally. <laughs> uh, Voice over work, yeah, maybe, she, I don't know. Um, yeah, have a go. They they like it. I think. I think they enjoy it. I mean, they get a bit scared to begin with. I think one of the comments someone wrote from that video, the first one she did. Was is that an AI voice you've used? <laughs> <laughs> she was a little bit, you know, put yeah. out. She's like, right, I'm going to do a better job next time. <laughs> after that, well, I thought, I thought I'd get my wife involved, like maybe doing like miniature reviews or something like that. Because if you got a, if you got a female uh, and you know an attractive one at that presenting something on YouTube, mate, well, your your, your views are going to skyrocket, aren't they? There, there is a big element of that in there, isn't there? I'm just not a not. I'm just not pretty enough. I'm, I'm afraid. So I'll just need no, to get no, some you... <laughs> makeup on here. <laughs> I think maybe in a few years, when all this AI takes over, you'll be able to have a big filter. Yeah. And just pretend you're someone you're not. That's true. That's true. Okay. Well, that's good. At least you got. At least you got some. You got your family involved and that kind of thing. But are you like a? a like, are you actively gaming, like, nowadays? Um, not, I think the last time we gamed was pre-COVID. Mm. We had a little Necromunda campaign going on, and then COVID hit, and then it all seemed to stop from there. Well, I had the baby, and then we moved house, and it's all been very difficult from then just to be able to get the time to play a game, really. Mm. But I'm sure that time will come back when he's a bit older and he's off at school and things. Yeah. And you, and you don't have to be looking after them 24-7. They are able to just sit in a room and enjoy their own toys without breaking everything. Yep, true. And being That's a good. constant worry. You, you know what I mean? You have to keep your eye on them all the time when they're yeah. really little, don't of they? Of course. So, yeah, and then when they grow up a bit, they're away playing. Yeah. So you can then... Yeah. Get a bit of your life back. Yeah, when when they start to play some games again, crawl and walk. That's the dangerous. That's the dangerous time. That's the stage we're in. Yeah, we're in that (laughs) running around, pulling Uh, it. He found my tub of paintbrush. Just yanking them all out. I heard the crash. (laughs) (laughs) There go the tips. My my son's been brilliant because, like, he'll even come in this room, and even when he was a toddler, you know, he'd come in this room, he wouldn't touch anything. It's amazing. I was oh, really? really worried. Yeah, I was really worried. I asked my wife, I have to get a lock to put the lock on the door, but I have to put it right yeah. up high so he can't get to it. And I was really worried about this room because all my stuff's in here and all my miniatures. How old is he? That. Well, now he's seven. So, you know, oh, okay. I'm talking about... How, how like, do you find it now he's seven? 
Is he any different with it now? Not at all. He he just knows this is Papa's room and Papa's miniatures Uh are here and I'm always painting in here and that kind of thing. But, you know, other kids, like friends of his that have been here, they'll just like, you know, they'll just run around the house and they would just come in here and just just picked up stuff and thrown it around or whatever. My son is really... He's he's a bit but probably like me I think yeah in the same kind of character like he just he, knows get, he gets it he gets it it's he's just got he the just respect. knows his thing he only did like when he was really small I remember having my dwarfs and I I just finished painting them and put them on the shelf and he very cutely yep. grabbed a whole like grabbed a fistful of them and he turned around and said here Papa here's your miniatures and, oh thanks mate you know thank you very much all scratched and <laughs> well, they metal yeah yeah oh <laughs> but it was really cute of him to do that think, but, yeah and um, when we it reminds me of a time we went to Warhammer <laughs> took my other mm. half there mm. and they gave her one of the demo games yeah that they do yeah yeah and they said we were in the movement phase and they said your squad there has to move six inches. And I'd never seen it happen before. She just sort of just pushed them all along with her hand. They all sort of (laughs) bent over and slid and scraped along the table (laughs) to move the six inches. (laughs) And I just thought most people pick them up. But it was just, you know, push them along like those penny-shoving machines at the arcades. (laughs) I just saw the the girl's Mm. face doing the intro game. There's some repainting and fixing going on there. But I think you just assume everyone knows, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Until you meet someone who's never done it, has no experience with it, and they treat it very differently. Yeah, it's funny. Now you mentioned the Warhammer World. Like, I haven't been to a game store, like a Warhammer Games Workshop. They're called Warhammer stores now, but I haven't been to one in over a decade and i recently got to go to oh. one in, in uh, tokyo because tokyo here in japan have, oh, wow. a, have a warhammer cafe and i was kind of curious and i thought yeah That's, let's let's do it let's go down that there. sounds good that sounds good yeah well I, I very rarely get to go to tokyo anyway and this is the first time in uh, several years I've, I've got to go so me and my wife i dragged my wife are you a long way there. from there yeah i'm about 100 clicks 100 k's away from tokyo okay, central yeah, tokyo okay. And uh, yeah. I had to go there for uh, for a sort of a catch up with friends and that kind of thing, and we went there and I had a look at and it's yeah it's a pretty impressive kind of display. They had lots of tables set up and and lots of painted miniatures and these huge titans and stuff like that. And I could really appreciate the the painting and skill that went into you know the dedication going into painting a lot of the stuff and it's all done by Japanese modelers and painters, which is cool. They've actually got their name plaque like near the miniature so you can you can it references the artist to the work and that kind of stuff which is really cool yeah so it's a bit like yeah. a mini museum and the cafe is not nothing to talk about i mean it's just a couple of sofa chairs and a hole in the wall with no one attending it <laughs> <laughs> it was nothing really special okay but yeah it was interesting to walk into a warhammer store and see what it's like now and it's and you know i always think about the time when i went to the uk in 94 and first going to a games workshop where the colors are bright, you know, the... No, that and, was the best. That oh, was the best time for, for me, the stores, yeah, I think. Nothing compares to that experience. I mean, you had the, the, the staff members hounding you, you know, like, ah, oh, you know, what do you want? You know, what do you what do you want to buy today? Can I interest you in something like this? Do you want a demo game or something like that? And were, the whole vibe of the place was completely different com- compared to what it is now. And I'm sure they were all sitting around smoking when I went in there around that time. 
What? Just and, chatting and smoking. Yeah, well, what the, yeah. the thing I found yeah. out was when I walked in there, there was two guys, two staff members. One was Japanese, one was like a foreigner or maybe like half Japanese or whatever. He was on his phone just looking at his messages and talking to the other guy. Uh, now, the, one of the the Japanese guy said hello and acknowledged me and that kind of thing. I said hello, blah, blah, blah. But they've got four demonstration tables, right? Now, I've never played uh-huh. 40K, Warcry, uh, Age of Sigma, Kill Team, never played those games. Now, as a staff member, you would think that they would walk up to you and say, hey, you know, would you want a demonstration game? You know, yeah, yeah. It's Have a completely try. different atmosphere now. There's nothing. There's no kids in there. There's no sort of energy. It's all about you know. This is basically a stock room, and you want to buy something or what <laughs> kind of thing. You no, know, look at that nice cabinets of, di- of dioramas and stuff in there. But it's just soulless. It's, there's no so sort of dimly lit to it. and dark. Uh, no, it was fairly, well, it wasn't dim or anything like that. It wasn't dingy or anything like that. Yeah. It got fairly decent lighting. It's got a massive, uh, TV screen on the back of the wall there, you know, showcasing yeah. the latest 40k 10th edition trailer and that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's a, just a completely di- different atmosphere. And I always hark back to the days of the nineties where, you know, when you walked into a games workshop store, you had some kind of experience. And every time you left it, you either left with a bag with, you know your miniatures that you bought that you really wanted to get or you you had that demo game or you saw that new product and i just don't get that same feeling now that when people enter a, a warhammer store they're just not getting that same experience would you feel that's the same for you in parts yes i miss the way you would go in and you would see all the old box sets with the artwork on them. I used to love that artwork that Mm. they had. I thought, you know, it gave you that wow factor. You looked at the box and you thought, there's a model of that thing in the art. That is amazing. But now it's just uh, a photo of the thing, isn't it? I think that's the thing I find very different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I miss that. I miss all the blister packs racked up on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you'd be rifling through those, trying to find your assault cannon Terminator. <laughs> it would always be yeah. the one at the back. That's right, yeah, yeah. And you'd have to pour over it to make sure it's been cast okay or to put the right bits in the box. Yeah. But yeah, they, they were brilliant days. I loved those days. And the cabinets, I feel the cabinets were a lot fuller then mm. with miniatures. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't remember if we got the big upsell back then or not. I don't know if they just saw us as youngsters, so it wasn't worth trying on. But I get that all the time in the shop now. Oh, really? Like, yeah. I can't really go. Okay. Yeah, I can't. I just can't go in there because they just jump on you straight away. You know what are you what are you painting wow. this weekend? And you explain it to them, and they're like, "Oh, have you looked at this?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I've seen all that. I don't, I don't need to look at that. Thanks." But do you want one of these? No, thank you. I, you know, you know what you're in there for. But do they know you? Do they know you by name? They say, "Hey, Marcel, how you going?" Kind of thing. Is it more of a personal um, experience? Or? A couple of them knew me. Hmm. But, you know, I stopped going in there after a while, to be honest. But, yeah, yeah there's <laughs> there was one main reason I didn't really want to go in there, but 
don't know if it's really suitable for <laughs> <laughs> okay. public broadcast. Right, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> but, you know, back in the 90s, you had, like, someone that you knew who was the best painter that you could go to ask advice for. You knew there was a guy who was, like, the main gamer and that you could ask for tactics or, you know you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, we, we'd, all, we'd all be in there. Sort. We'd all going in on a Thursday night on the games night and there'd be loads of people in there playing around the tables. Yeah. There'd be people at the painting table, mm. people I still know nowadays painting stuff back then. You know, they had all the uh, painting areas set up and it was it was a hive of activity, I think is the phrase, isn't it? Yeah, mate. Nice. And it was great. And uh, playing games every Thursday, that would have been around... Yeah, set between second and fourth edition, I would say. So I don't know what the years are. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, we sort of ended up where we are now. It just seems a little bit more... I find it a bit too clinical in there for me. Right, yeah. I, I, I sort of feel the same way. But then it's just not my... I'm just not the target audience anymore. I'm not the market they're sort of... I think that is it, isn't uh, it? They're looking for now. And I just don't know who the market is. You know, it's not. It's obviously not young kids because in, in oh, our Apparently days, it is, though, isn't it? If you... Really? I, we, okay. I don't... Have you, you seen the painting phase? Have you seen their YouTube channel with Peachy and the like? No, no. no they had a chap on there, I think, was one of their product creators or something i forget what his job title was and they had a big funnel and they would put all their i think they called it the funnel they put all their um efforts into bringing people in from the most sort of generic end of the hobby right. before they would get so yeah apparently it was all the new starters and youngsters and things like that but like you say to me i think it's too expensive for your youngsters and your new, yeah. your new starters. But I think I think the whole idea of like you know selling the magazine with a sprue of models, you know that that kind of approach, like the old days, they did that as well. And I think that's a wonderful way of accessing and having it distributed uh, in places where there are no game stores or it's the first contact that people have. Because when when we got into the into the you know the uh, into Games Workshop, there was always that first contact, whether it was Space Crusade, Hero Request. Um, a white dwarf your, your gateway as it were that's right it sort of got you in and I think they're trying to do that again I think they're trying to get people into the hobby through accessing ways of doing that through news agencies through you know um, department stores where they sell magazines and that kind of thing and bookstores and I think it's a really good way because that way you get exposure to toy soldiers you've got you know people who might who may have been interested in putting together model kits or they've seen the 40k um, or Warhammer computer games and now they've got some kind of reference cross reference to that to a physical you know modeling yes kind of yes. hobby um, yeah. and I want I you know I, I generally want you know sometimes I sort of you know feel like I'm sort of um, giving GW a bad bad time but I really generally want them to succeed because they're they're the sort of um, street high street kind of presence that gets people into tabletop gaming, maybe not for life, maybe just for a short time, maybe they go on to other things or whatever, but it's it's really good that we have 
um, you know, uh, sort of a war hobbing, war, war gaming ambassador, if you like, <laughs> in the market. Well, if, if they succeed, then we all succeed, don't we? Exactly, that's it. So if they're, you yeah. know, if they're doing well, we see the growth. Yeah. And everyone, everyone's on board with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, because but no, yeah. I, no, I like seeing it. We saw it in hairdressers the other day. It was oh, the strangest right. place I've ever seen it. Yeah, there was a men's barbers and they had the rack, you know, the games workshop rack with a few models on. Dead set in a barber. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So they, they're getting them everywhere nowadays. Yeah, amazing, isn't it? Um, but yeah, it's um, it's an interesting time because there's so much competition now. Like it's not like back in the 90s where you had maybe D&D, um, Battletech, Games Workshop and a few other fringe kind of games. Now it's really big business for you know big companies who take this very seriously, who who spend an awful lot of money in production development, you know, staff, uh, all the overhead costs and everything like that. You know, it it's huge now, isn't it? Absolutely now. huge company. It's just like a global, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, I think my big question is though, mm. like. If, if you had no idea any of this existed, where would you tell someone to start? Say, say your son wanted to start 40K mm. and they had no idea about any of it. Where would you say you need to start with this? What is the start nowadays? I think, I think for me it's kind of like those small skirmish game type starter sets that they have you know what i mean like it's everything you get in the box and that's how i started i got yep. everything in the box and it gave me the rules like the miniatures the tape measures the dice everything you know and yep. that sort of forms the the sort of first level so to speak where they give you the painting guide they you know they, they give you the the basic core rules of the game and if you sort of get hooked you're hooked if you're not then you put it on the shelf and forget about it uh, the second edition 40k box yeah. is what you're describing. Well, <laughs> yeah, interestingly enough, and listening to Rick Priestley now, because he's doing a lot more interviews uh, in the last couple of years, especially through over COVID and that kind of thing. Um, there's one really interesting one on uh, the Cast Dice uh, podcast, and he talked about that specifically. He, he said the Epic Space Marine, the blue box, the second edition one, was the first yep, of these yep. prototype that they had everything in the box you know your terrain that dice, was brilliant that box. everything it, oh it's that gorgeous was amazing. It's, it's my favorite all-time game yeah. i'm gonna we're gonna get to that because i know you, you're sort of expressing a lot of interest in your channel and your social media about epic space marine and i still yeah think yeah i've got i've got a, I've got a copy under ever. the bed ready to go under the bed mate i've got <laughs> i've got to got a copy under my bed actually that sounds like a good idea uh it's like, yeah, like, I found like there's, a, there's a few bits missing but <laughs> oh, well, yeah, they're yeah, easy to a... find mate easy to find but like that was kind of the the predecessor, if you like, to everything that followed, they they just barked at that everything. That was the first big box starter. That was it, and that's how it all rolled out from there on. Okay, so okay. Rick had a big part to play in that, you know, in in that, and 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 now that's like an industry standard. Even Warlord Games or any any kind of big gaming company have that sort of everything you need in the box to get you started. You know what I mean? I never knew that. I never knew that. Yeah. So it's always really interesting. So what was the yeah. What was different about that one over the previous one? Was it second edition or first edition Space Marine right. with the You're Dark right. Angels on the front? You're right. I think was it 
And now that you said that, I think maybe it's the first edition. Sorry, not second edition. Maybe it's first edition oh. because you had the the polystyrene buildings, you had the space marines in it, and a, a warlord. Ah, did you have warlord titan? I don't know. I don't no, know. no, no, no. That warlord titan was yeah, the blue second, box. Yeah, the second edition. So I'm sorry, mate, but I know first edition had a lot of stuff in it, <clears throat> but I don't know whether it yeah, had yeah, two I've never seen in that box. That. Me either. I've never seen it either. I'm very fascinated to know what it's like because I know some people like the Die Hard fans. They're quite expensive, aren't they? Love it. But yeah, <laughs> it seems a lot more um, crunchy than the second edition one from what I've yeah, seen yeah. or read about in Old White Dwarves and that kind of thing. The second edition sort of streamlined everything, made it faster to play and you could you know, get a game <laughs> in six hours rather than ten hours. Uh, in the first edition, from what I've heard anyway, from people who've played it. But you can finish it in one day as opposed to having to sleep in between, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, getting anything in the box, I think the starter sets for, you know, the current game systems they sell now are the gateway into, you know, establishing yourself in the hobby. Um, painting, collecting, you know, playing, that kind of thing. Um, what's the other one? Underworlds. Oh. The Underworlds game, I really like that, the board game. Um, that yeah, had everything yeah. in the set. You just buy the starter set. You've got two two um, factions, and away you go. And I think that's a great... Everything's push-fit, which is good. You push-fit the models, no glue required. And in seconds... Is this... Got, yeah. Is that the same as Warcry, or is that different uh, Warcry is different. Warcry is the, is the tactical skirmish game where you have, like, a war band each. This is... Underworlds is basically a self-contained... A board game where you have a faction you know there's two factions in the set and then you have a yeah. set of cards and it's a really interesting uh, well-designed board game I've, I've enjoyed playing that as a and i don't even feel like i'm in the age of sigma universe i just feel like it's just a fantasy <laughs> board game just you know? playing a game yep that's yeah, it just yeah, buy that's a game. you know you, you can sort of just you know sort of uh, separate yourself from you don't the, you don't have to sell the setting to someone then yeah you like just i don't need to, to play know. the game well and 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 we're going to get to the 40k law like that you specialize in i'm not interested in the law i don't really care like i just i picked up the second edition's epic set and that was kind of my yep. foray into 40k and i picked up the armies of the imperium and in there there's a bill king story with the classic um adrian smith artwork of the emperor horus and sanguinius and that story was it. Was that, that? That, that's I just read that and I thought that was in that box, was it? That was in that box, and that encapsulated everything. All I needed to know. That's everything I needed to know, and I didn't need know anything apart yeah. from that. All the other supplements had all the other factions, and you had the background to it. You know, because uh, I I didn't play War, uh, Rogue Trader. I didn't know anything about much about the forty k factions or whatever. But Space Marine gave me everything I needed to know, and it gave me the flavor of the army. That, that was everything. the first ID version of it all i think wasn't it that was when they really started to tidy it up yeah yeah exactly. everything made a bit more sense everything yeah everything was um self-contained it wasn't spread out yeah. over you know several uh, several articles in white dwarf magazine and that kind of thing so that's they had their direction i think at that point yeah very much so very much so yeah but um yeah i mean i mean i could talk about epic all day i love it Absolutely love it. But then I don't need to know about the law. Yeah, you know I mean, the law is not so important yeah. to me. You know what I mean? I just love the faction I'm playing. I can get into that. I can get in, involved with, you know, the, the aesthetics of the models. The and, that's, and the gameplay is really important. The law never has been really all that important to me. 
um, to be honest. Now, it's just seasoning, flavouring. For, for you, you, is that more important to know? Is the law more important than the gameplay? No, no. It's always the models for me first. All right. Just models first, and then I think when you're a youngster, you then read the law. Mm. You know, for something to do, you're reading your books. But it, it yeah. for me, it was always the models first, and then reading the law when you don't have models to paint, and that would make you want more models. So it's sort of built upon itself, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm I'm the same. I'm I'm always into the heavy metal pages, looking at the, the figures painted, the models themselves, and the law sort of came a little bit later. Now that I've got back into it, the last four five years ago, when I started getting back into the Games Workshop, you know, nostalgia games and that kind of thing, then I actually started reading the law and the books and that kind of thing, and reading how good and how influential people like Bill King was to the to shaping the worlds and, and the characters and the background and that kind of thing to Warhammer and 40k. Have they changed much of that story of his? I don't know, Has mate. I, I really don't know. And I don't, care. With <laughs> I don't care because as far as I know, <laughs> this whole book series of the Horus Heresy has just gone on and on and on like a Days of Our Lives saga. It's, and it's, it's dragged a bit, yeah. yeah. It's dragged a bit. <laughs> they I think we're finally... Yeah. But, um, it started off very strong. We had a bit of a dip in the middle there. No. But I'm staggered like, when people can sort of recite that stuff off the top of their head. There's a guy, um, Benjamin from um, 90% Geek uh, YouTube channel. He yeah. can just recite yeah. that stuff off the top of his head. And, and you know, I, I don't know how he does it, but some people are really into the law. You know, like they're really, it's like it's like anything. I, like if you follow any kind of series or novel or whatever or some certain writer, you really get involved with it. But I can't. Yeah. No, I think I just saw, I just read them as books. I used to read them on my lunch breaks at work. Right. So that's how I got through those and uh, read all the books. And there were a few in there that I have to admit I really struggled to get through. There were some good ones, but, you know, like you say, I couldn't recite any of them. I can just remember, you know, that was a good one. Yeah. That wasn't so good. <laughs> The older ones, I like the old <laughs> hammer, old hammer publications, and now that um, the is it the old hammer fiction podcast? Am I getting that right? Oh, sorry. Pass. Are you going back to the sort of time when they were doing like the dark future novels and yeah, things like that? that? that kind they, of stuff. That, yeah, that sort yeah. of era. Yeah, that kind of era, and um, uh, so like listening to those on like podcasts. There's a podcast out here. And I'm going to get it here. The Old Hammer Fiction Podcast. I've got it right. Okay, Lewis Davies. Uh, he does. He 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 reads these stories from from that from that particular era. So like your Ian Watson, uh, Bill King. Oh, okay. Uh, so not, like guys. a read along. Yeah, it basically, he just read. He's a he, he's um, he's trained in theatre, and he I think he's a oh wow a, a theatre teacher or English teacher at school. He's a teacher. And he he discovered that he really, he loves reading and he loves all these old books. That's kind of his thing. That's his niche kind of thing. And he started I'm reading. I'm going to have to have that on the background you, now. You've got to you've got to listen to it, mate, because you'll love it. It's got like the Deathwing story. Yeah, that sounds great. Fantastic. I've never I yeah. never read that one. You got to listen to. Oh man, I love it. The that's when, that's when the Deathwing were like Apache those. Indians, mate, and they were just like brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll never forget. And this is the time when they released the plastic Terminator set. Um, now this is two thousand and I don't know 
eight. Which nine, ones? The, the very the first ones, ones they had in the the multi-part the, multi-part ones. I didn't like those ones. They yeah, looked well, weird. They they do look weird now. I, I I prefer the second edition Space Hulk kind of plastic ones, you know. But I I got that set. My friend gave it to me. I wasn't big into forty k, but I thought, oh, that's cool. I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll paint these up for Golden Demon. So I did them in the oh, traditional style. Did you win? Well, this is the thing. This is the controversy. All right, this is what sort of got ah. me out of playing, uh, like entering Golden Demon. I did them. I actually sculpted all the feathers and long hair, and I made them like the real traditional. Old school, old hammer, dark angels. Deathwing. It, yeah, didn't, go, yeah, it yeah. didn't go down too well, mate, because the judge, <laughs> they looked at it and they thought, well, this ain't this ain't like modern, you know, dark angels, mate. This is like old hammer. They didn't. They probably didn't even know. When what was, it was this? This when is did like, you, when like did you two, enter these? Two thousand six, two thousand. I don't know. It's, it was when that that box oh, set okay. was released. So I spent ages, yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah. you know, modeling them up and converting them and that kind of thing and painting them. I really enjoyed doing it as a project, as a one-off project. It actually turned into a, a Dark Angel army later. But yeah, it's 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 um it's a shame that they changed. The judge that said part of no. Them. That's all. That that's all changed. They've just they've binned all that, and now it's just like just you know vanilla looking. Uh, Deathwing. There's no, there's no sort of because um, <clears throat> they all had like um, American Indian kind of names and that kind of. Yeah, thing. They, 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 face, they had a lot of face paint and things like yeah, that. I that remember was them. I there was big that. feathers and yeah. yeah, they were they were nice. Yeah, they were cool. That, that Maybe got me into it. Yeah. <clears throat> I was going to say, were they? Did they have to get away from that because they were worried about? you know, cultural appropriation and all of these things. No, it's just the, it's that, just the aesthetic or art well, change. Did they just think it wasn't a, cool anymore? Probably. It, they, they, yeah, they just, as they do, they change things from, you know, every now and again. And um, it just didn't fit because then, then it was like, and, um, you know, at that stage I did go to a store and play a game and you couldn't use miniatures they weren't selling at the time. So you couldn't. I couldn't take my what? classic Kev Adams Rogue Trader Orc Army there because the manager would say, mate, sorry, we don't sell those models. you got to pack them up and go back home. That's dead set, mate, dead set. No no bullshit. I That's never it. understood this. I never understood Crazy, this reasoning. <laughs> yeah. Because if someone likes them, you still have to buy the paints and things to paint them. Yeah. but And you, know, you, and you might buy more. Okay, they're not commercially available, but boy, boy, they they'll raise a lot of more interest than the like the the you know the re, the sort of current stuff. You know, people go, oh yeah, I remember those. I got those when I was a kid or whatever. But yeah, there was a real killjoy feeling in those stores at that time. It's like they were trying to ignore their own history. At yeah, one point. <laughs> it's like we don't you know don't talk about where we came from. Yeah, the commissars passed down some kind of law, and that was it. But um, anyhow. Yeah, but I, I think we're getting back now. I think they're letting it seep in a little more now. I'm starting to see the old stuff sort of be, at least they give it the old nod and reference here and there, yeah. as opposed to completely ignoring it like they used to. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe it's confined to the Black Library now, and sort of now you know uh, certain parts of their lore or history are sort of coming out of the Black Library bit by bit. And uh, seeding it out <laughs> into, it the, into the interwebs and letting everybody have a have a go at it. But um, yeah, it's it's just, it's always interesting to see and hear people who are interested. Like one gentleman joined our Discord group. He's very young. He never got into 
old hammer or you know even you know nineties gaming, but he's he was quite interested in it, in it, and he he really wanted to know more about it and that kind of stuff. So it's nice to hear younger gen like people who are twenty or thirty years younger than me who is now discovering it and sort of quite keenly interested into knowing more about it and playing these old games and collecting the miniatures and stuff, which is really cool. It must be interesting because, you know, like you say, a lot of these new players nowadays have no idea. They've never seen this side of it. You know, they've never seen the models from 20 years ago. And unless you're shown them yeah. or stumble across them somewhere, you would never know they exist. Yep, that's right. And, and then when you find some, you're down the rabbit hole, aren't you? Yep, that's right, mate. Yeah. So. And then and then and then your wallet is empty. Yeah. For the rest of time. <laughs> Very true indeed. Very true indeed. The prices on eBay nowadays are are they shooting up still? I remember when I looked at a few things and oh, they were quite pricey. Yeah. Well, when I went to that Warhammer store, it was just nuts. The pricing on those things were just crazy. Like. But, uh, new current ones. Yeah, the new current stuff. Yeah, the new current stuff. Uh, for for the yeah. older stuff, I know it's it's just gone through the roof. Uh, I think during COVID, it's just just got you know over and over. But I I, I never go to eBay. I, that's the last place I ever go to. Oh to, really? To, where to I, I wouldn't even know where else to look. Uh, Facebook groups, mate. Facebook groups. I've just done everything through Facebook. I basically basically bought my entire dwarf uh, army, like old hammer army, through Facebook. Uh, trading groups yeah. like Old Hammer Trading Groups, Middle Hammer Trading Groups. So yeah, I'll have to um, join a few of those then. Yeah, mate, because it's all regulated. So the Old Hammer Trading Group is regulated. It has a like an evaluation, so you can evaluate the prices. Uh, people will give you a price, uh, and then that's good. That's good. Yeah, which means it keeps it fair and, and honest. Um, so you don't see you don't see like a model going for like fifty quid or something like that. It's just stupid. So nothing like eBay. You, you, but... you say stupid. Pro I think <laughs> I was watching a Land Raider. You know the original plastic ones in a box, and I thought, oh, you know, I'll give that a watch. I wonder how much this is worth. It went for around five to six hundred pounds, I think, in the end. Oh wow! And I thought that's the price they're worth nowadays, is it? Jeez. So crazy, isn't it? That is a lot, isn't it? You yeah. know, from ten pounds what they were originally at, or yep. twelve pounds, something like that. Amazing, isn't it? And now five to six hundred pounds. There was a few people bidding on it, so someone had to have it. Good luck to them. Good luck to them. I'd say <laughs> if they got the money to do that. Then, but they, yeah. they they priced me out of those. I can't, you know, I can't justify six hundred pounds for an no. old land raider yet. Maybe um, one day if I win the lottery, I'll uh, yeah, I'll buy a few. Then you can sell them again, <laughs> double the price <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> So, uh, they can go in the garage and yeah. just collect us like everything else. Now, yeah, mate, let's 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 talk about your YouTube channel, that Snake Work Studio. Um, oh, now, yeah. Now, when I first found your YouTube studio, uh, sorry, YouTube channel, it wasn't called Snake Work Studio, was it? Ah, uh, no, no, that was Sci-Fi War Gamers. Right. Okay. And that was the name of my first blog I had. I don't know if you remember blogs. We all had blogs at yeah, one point, yeah, didn't yeah, we? Yeah. And uh, I was doing a few things then. And I, I spent a lot of time on that old X-Wing game came mm. out. And, uh, yeah. And then progressed on to YouTube. And then my friends kept referring to me as Sci-Fi Wargamers. And I thought, I really oh. don't like that name. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know why, you know, he just kept calling me sci-fi war gamers and I just thought, oh, it sounds a bit, I don't know. I didn't like it. So we did a bit of a rebrand. Right. So what, what was what was Snakeworks? What's, what's the thinking behind that then? Uh, always had snakes, collected a few snakes over the years. Okay. Me and my wife had a few. Yeah. Right, right. right. So we, we were big into snakes and I had a little snake as the logo. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually, the sort of snakes got phased out, <laughs> but I was left with the name. So that's sort of kind of how it happened. How it's, how there it's, was if some of the older videos do have actual snakes in. I think really? they made a few appearances. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. They were All sort right. of on the desk. Oh, yeah, amazing. How about snake but, bite? How about snake bite works? Uh, no, that, that's a drink, isn't it? Snake bite. <laughs> Someone used to have snake bite and black. Sounds, like, sounds right. like some kind of all cocktail, mate. I don't think I want to try it somehow. <laughs> uh, I don't know what's in there. But, but yeah, I, I, but snake works was just meant to be a bit of a play on the old skunk works from Lockheed. Right. And all the, you know, the American yeah. fighters and things that they were building. Right. Okay, that's cool. And I'll, I'll just do a little play on that. But and it's I've just I've had it since. But you've got you've got to say it's pretty phenomenal. You've 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 released over a thousand videos. Yeah, um, nine hundred are terrible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first few years I had no idea what I was doing. It was literally just you know filming what you were doing on the day. Yeah. No, no camera tripods or anything like that. So right. if you want a bit of motion sickness, go and watch some of those <laughs> old ones. <laughs> Sounds like some of my early videos too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the weird thing is at the time, you think you're doing a good job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's amazing what you learn over the years. A friend of mine just started watching some of my old ones and he said they are absolutely terrible. <laughs> Well, I think a lot of that comes through self-analysis. You know, like you, you do, you criticize yourself. You look at your own videos, you criticize things. Well, actually, when I could, when I could edit that a lot better because, you know, I, I do that as well when I look at my videos and think, bloody hell, why didn't I take that out? Or why did I leave that in? Or, it's, you know, but... Um, but it's the, great. You just evolve, isn't it? Evolving. Yeah. I, I was watching your, yeah. the banner making one, which I liked. All oh, right, Cool. Yeah, I like that. I never knew how to make the old style banners, and I thought, you know, that's been bookmarked oh, for later you, use. Good on you, mate. Yeah, I hope you can yeah. do that because, um, yeah, I mean, it's applicable for forty k and fantasy, whatever, you know. So, I hope you get some use. It was out all of the that. free. You did all the free handing on that one as well, didn't you? From what I remember. Yeah, it's all drawn out like the old school. Yeah, that, I was very impressed with that. That was like a nice little trip down memory lane for me. Yeah, mate. Uh, I was, I was looking at. Um, uh, another video from another gentleman that I just found out about, uh, Stompy51. Uh, I think that's his name of his YouTube channel. But anyhow, he did he did like a review of the old Golden Demon 1989-90 uh, awards when they actually had book publications for them, like John Blanche and Michael yeah, Clay released those. And they did three of those books, didn't they? I think so. Actually, and then they I, never did them again. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame because... Man, some of the banners in there are just amazing. I mean, okay, you can probably discount some of the paint jobs. They're not fabulous compared to modern standards, of course, but they still had their unique charm. But the banners were just incredible. 
you know, what guys... Anna's is definitely of the era. That's something I miss. Yeah, yeah me too. Seeing the old... Me uh, too. Freehand banners. It was a uh, another little, you know, a way to put your own personal spin on things. Yeah, you had to design your own little logos, and you know, yeah, that's right. That personality, individuality that you'd get, you'd, you'd recognise someone's work, you'd see their banner style. Yep. And they were huge as well, weren't they, back then? Yeah, massive, man, or huge. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know how the they actually transported down there. <laughs> so, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, I love seeing those old manners. But wonderful. You know, going through your videos here, I mean, you, you talk a lot about law, and I know you really work hard on you know scripting everything. Bef- you know, as you're filming it, you're, you're scripting the whole lot before you go to record it, and they're, and they're done very professionally. And I know you you set, you sort of focus your videos on the old hammer, uh, and and some of the new hammer too, but a lot of the old hammer. Um, glory days of you know for example today I watched your um, uh, the best chaos miniatures old hammer heavy metal um, yeah, sort of yeah, yeah, on yeah. The, the chaos I'm, warriors and stuff like that that's just like a little you know I like to have a trip down memory lane again have yeah. a look at the old miniatures and I think no one gets to see these there's no other way for people to see them mm. and I just think I think they're great to look at yep me too, I think I think more people need to see them. Yeah, no, that's great. I'm I'm glad you you're doing that. You know, I'm glad <laughs> yourself and 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 a very few other people are actually you know presenting this sort of stuff. This old old old. We're, we're preserving the history. Otherwise, it's just gone, isn't it? Yeah, that's right, mate. So um, now it's always good to see, and it's, yeah, it I... brings back some good memories of certain paint jobs. And you have, you have a you have a very unique style about how you present it and. <laughs> and that kind of thing as well. Yeah, it's probably a bit marmite. <laughs> I know some people get a bit upset about some things, but oh, really? Okay, well, you either you, yeah, I think you either get the sense of humour or you don't. Right, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to be. Yeah, I, I can't please everyone. It's just that's the sense of humour. I do. I did like, like the um, the chaos sorcerer. Probably, Granny's was it Granny's curtains pants or something like that? You remarked on the <laughs> the style of sculpting or whatever. Yeah, like you, you just see something, don't you? And it just pops in your head immediately what it reminds you of, and it's just like, no, that's what it is to me. But I also no, like, like you know, I also like the Brits presenting this stuff because you know when I think of Gangs Workshop, of course, it's from it's from the UK. It's it, you know it it has its its homeland is there, so. When I hear English voices and see Oldhammer, it's kind of a, you know, it sort of it suits it so well. I think it, it the, the the blend of the, the okay, accents, okay, yeah, 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 you know, the, you know what I mean, and the sense of humor and everything. It's it's all part of that package. It, fit. it fits, yeah. So if I had someone like it's, me, it's all with an Aussie accent, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe it doesn't get, maybe it doesn't come across as well. So yeah, and when I like to, I like to. Hear no, I'd never thought of that. Yeah. Until you but, say that. But I think for me, yeah, I like to hear an English perspective on stuff, you know what I mean? Like the, the, the British perspective on on these kind of things because, um, yeah, I mean, you know, you guys were saturated with games workshops back then and all this kind of hobby goodness. For us poor Australians, we had to wait many years later, many decades later before we got, got our first games when workshops. Did, when did you get it? Yeah. I, I have no idea when that came out over there. I just assumed it was always there, you know? Well, I went for an interview to work at the the very first Gangs Workshop they put in Sydney. 
And yeah. I went to the interview. It was in Brisbane, and I sat down and I brought some miniatures along, and they get, they asked me some questions, and I didn't know, you know, like it was pretty nerve wracking. But they said at the end, oh, I think we might have a spot for you in the mail order section uh, instead of retail, oh, okay. in mail order or whatever. And but it it just didn't work out to anything. And then after that, soon after that, I went to the UK and worked over there in in, uh, in Oxford Street uh, at the Plaza. So, um, where did you get your miniatures from if the Games Workshop shop wasn't open uh, yet? Very good question. Well, there was one store <laughs> in Brisbane because I can only relate to yep. what happened in Brisbane because that's where you know that was my closest city. But on the Gold Coast, where I, where I was living, there was a small uh, comic shop in the mall in Southport, and they had a range in a corner. Of all, and when I first discovered it, it was basically Rogue Trader Third Edition 40K, First Edition Space Marine, all the classic stuff, all the classic paint sets, the Citadel color sets of the the Golden Demon, you know the I think it's Tony. Uh, the best paint is that artwork. Bob's, yeah, Bob, that was Bob Naismith. Amazing. The Bob Naismith yeah, colors. Yeah, yeah, I mean, love beautiful. that. I love it, mate. Yeah, that that stuff for me is just like awesome. Seeing the the rack of miniatures with all the Marauder miniatures, it just, they just had a rack with Marauder miniatures on it. <laughs> So I got my my Soul Slayers and you know my ogre there. Oh, just, and they were the first metal miniatures I bought, and yeah, that that was the glory days for me at that time. No, I would have to agree. I just look back and I think, is it our nostalgia that does that? Was it better, or did it just have a different feel to it? You know, and if we look at it now with no experience would we think it looked terrible would we think it looked really you know tacky or anything like that yeah i don't know i think you, you got to put it to the people who are in the hobby and some people will agree with you and some people permanently say no it's not yeah. it's it's much better now than it ever was so it's really in the eye of the, the eye of the beholder i think yeah you know, it's, it's you know, interesting a lot, sense, a lot of sense yeah so I mean, if you can sit there and clip out plastic sprues for 10 hours and try to put them together reading some kind of manual that was for like a, I don't know, a Datsun in 1970 and get pleasure out of doing that, then fantastic. I'm all, all the power to you. But um, for me, I just like my medals metal and one piece yeah. <laughs> so I can just quickly go around and clean off the mold lines They're ready the base to go. and ready to roll. And uh, I always yeah. found with the metal ones, their feet would always lift at the front. I don't know why. Yeah, you put them in their little lot of bases, and there'd always be a gap under the toes at the front that I'd have to contend with. I don't know why. There's That's a reason why. for that. I was probably just doing it wrong. <laughs> but yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe it was all big, big learning curve for us back then. Uh, dealing with like metal miniatures and how to clean them up, and you know, priming the models and stuff like that. Yeah, it was a good time. But of course, now it's the internet. You've got uh, information at your fingertips with smartphones and you can watch a thousand videos before you even get to painting your first model. So, you know, maybe maybe now is the glory age. I don't know. But It's, um, it's good in ways that they can find whatever information, you know, you need is there. You yeah. can do a lot of research before you commit. But also, I worry that you'd get stuck. There's too much to look at. And you'd never really begin. Yeah, that's another thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's, that's you got saturated with choice. Yes. And then, you know. That's right. But, but um, I don't know. 
But yeah, mate, look, you know, for anybody who's interested in especially the law, I mean, you do a, a load of law videos plus some hobby videos and retrospectives back into the old hammer days. Of yeah, the I late 80s, think that is sort of my 80s. trifecta, as it were, a bit yeah. of law, yeah. a bit of old stuff and some hobby stuff. Yeah, so a good a good mix of that, mate. But there's no fantasy except for today. We saw some Skaven, and, uh, <laughs> to my surprise, and a, and a Chaos I'd Dwarf. Be, I uh, mentioned that, yeah, War Machine or whatever. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So why why no why no fantasy love, mate? You could expand your business. The Snake Works could be a, I, a multi multi. <laughs> well, multi with, with this old world yeah. malarkey, yeah. we'll we'll see what happens with this old world. I've I've always had my eye on some of those undead. I always like the undead stuff, the vampires, and oh, right. I love all that. So if if I was going to go down the fantasy route, that would be the route I would take. And I'd have to try and get hold of that old skeleton army box. Ah, I don't know if you know the one I mean. The is it like the sixth edition one? No, 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 oh, no. Well you told me the, that. the real good the, one. You told me the, the best one, the yeah. skeleton army set. The, yeah, well, they look like skeletons. Yep. They John didn't Blanche have you know, loads of clothes on. Yeah, yes, yep. brilliant. I know, ones. I know that. Yeah, I've just I've just painted those up. I'll, I'll be releasing a video soon about how to paint those things. So it'll be just right up your alley, mate. Ah, Got another one to book. Yeah, mark. they were the best. <laughs> that yeah, that they would be the avenue I would have to take. I think if Great. it was uh, a bit of fantasy. Yep. No, you get you you're starting in the in the right direction there, mate. I think. And but good luck to you. Those. Good luck to you finding a set of those. I, I don't know how much you're going to be paying for them and what condition. I think they be. were around a couple of hundred pounds for the box set if I looked at the time. I think so. Yeah, they're yeah they're right they're up there, pricey. Yeah, so I can only wish you those all in the best a black coat, on I think. those. Yeah, but aside from that, now I, I really hope. Uh, that you bring a lot more epic Space Marine content because I know on your social medias on Instagram and uh, on your um, on your YouTube as well you have a lot of these uh, postings of pictures and a lot of it's sort of focused around epic Space Marine. So what's your curiosity there? Epic um, was the second box I bought, I think. So after Space Crusade, I think I did buy that epic box. Oh. So that's also another little love of mine, you know, that I remember well and dearly. So I I remember getting that home and building all those little orc buggies and the Eldar. What were they? Grav tanks? Strange Eldar. Yeah, the Grav tanks that look very different to the ones of today. Yeah. And putting all that together, reading all the rule books, like you say, with all the extra information in the box and never playing it. <laughs> oh bugger okay well i hope you get to play that it's still under your bed isn't it yeah 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 no i had to uh, source another copy because oh. i think that went the way of the black bin bag that was in <laughs> landfill as well so. like the old bin bag yeah okay yeah there's some stuff out there somewhere for indiana jones to find <laughs> find some old relics but yes yeah, so i had to find another copy so that that's on my list right. i want to do i want to you know start some epic stuff from scratch. Great. So I've had, I've sourced a few things. I think I started working on some storm hammers. I think. Cool. I don't know if you remember those. I the, actually, I no, the, was it? Did I buy those? I don't think so. What did I get? I remember buying a box set of of tanks uh, back in the day. 
but I can't remember what they were. They were bristle, bristling with, with missiles and all kinds of different things on them. But it, I don't think it was a storm hammers, but it could be, could be, I can't remember. Is it an imperial tank? Yeah, imperial tank. They were painted gold. They had gold on them or brass or something. Um, so there, there was a sort of orange and brown desert camo tank that was like it with some missiles on the side. That's probably it. I think, I think, were, they, I think those were Storm yeah. blades or something? That's it, storm blades. But I, think, yeah. but I think they call them something else in the article. I think it's one of those ah. old articles. You read, you know, when they came out, and got released in the White Dwarf. I think the name of the actual tank changes about three times. Oh right, <laughs> the article. It's too many storm, storm something something or other is in their in their um, yeah they were what tank lineup there. But they they were a nice one. They had like a little rack of three missiles down That's the it. side of the turret, from That's what right. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they, great think, game, yeah. Man. great game. So I really hope you get that. Hope that comes to the channel. Hope that comes to Snakeworks Studios. I love epic content in any shape, way, or form, especially second edition stuff. That's my. I'll have to finish the Stormhammers. So I'll put that top of the list for you. Yeah, mate, that'd be good. Yeah, because I know there's a lot of people who really enjoy that. I mean, it's not just us. It's just a, it's a whole group of people um, who really enjoy and love uh, epic as a scale. Micro. Yeah. Micro machines, Warhammer, my friend ah. called it. Right. Okay. Well. Yeah. There you go. It's that's exactly what it is, really, isn't it? Um, yeah. But the one of the great things about Epic was that it didn't have rules that covered you know three or four different books, and you had to you know almost take like a, a law exam in trying to work out how <laughs> things worked. It was very simple. You know, Jervis Johnson was a was a master at this, and his rule sets he made them really streamlined, quite simple to follow. Gave you very core, very basic core system. And then sort of bolted on the added rules and in the supplements when the armies, when you played the different armies, you had those and you sort of, you could gradually get into it and it, it just wasn't such a huge headache trying to remember everything. And I love all that. And um, so when you do get... Do you know it's going to be similar to the new version of Epic coming out? Is that... Are you aware of this? Are I, you... Yeah, I've, I've taken some... A bit of interest in it because of course it's epic yeah um but yeah yeah it looks what are your like, views on this oh look i'm sure it'd be great i'm i'm, I'm just happy that people are going to experience epic again I, I think it's a it's a wonderful scale uh to represent uh 40k in because i see these tables these six by four tables or smaller i think they're smaller now in 10th edition i can't remember what it is now uh -huh. four by three or whatever whatever it is but they have these huge titans and so many tanks in their deployment zone, they can't even move. You can't even you can't even maneuver it, anything. It's so ridiculous. The old parking lot, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's like sanctuary it, it parking lot. It doesn't fit the scale. <laughs> yeah, I know it, it doesn't mean. fit an epic. It just looks beautiful. You know, you got your big titan, which is your central central. You know, uh, giant. You know, Godzilla type thing on the tabletop that's hard to take down, and it's going to be this enormous threat. And it feels like it too. It feels like this enormous. Uh, entity on the tabletop that it's you know you think I don't know if I can take that down that's going to take a lot of you know you can take buildings down this thing and you, you know <laughs> your, your infantry they feel minuscule and small and very fragile and you know sometimes you need to you, know, you need to need those to take objectives because tanks and stuff can't do it and your you know your, your motorized infantry can't do it so it, everything has a, a specific purpose and that's another beauty of the of the system 
as well. So they made you take the infantry for those you, reasons. You've got to do it because you've got to take those objectives, mate. Ah, building, in a forest or something like that, you've got to take infantry to get in there because otherwise you can't you can't claim them. So you know everything had a unique purpose, and I just I just think that um, translate really well in that scale. But then in 40k, it just did. It just never did it. It, it always looked very strange to me. These huge Reaver Titans and you know what have yous on the tabletop on this very small space. No, I, I feel that. <laughs> I completely agree with that. It looks a yeah. bit too um, overpopulated on that board. But I will say this. In the 1990s, at Games Day, they replicated Epic Space Marine, but in 40k scale, using armor cast um, Titans. <laughs> and, and I remember seeing the photos yeah, in White Dwarf. I, they were brilliant, weren't they? There. And they had like uh, square bases and they had like, you know, five space marines stuck on the base, just like they did in, in Epic. And they had people standing up on the on the table, moving their models around and stuff like that as a bit of fun. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, looked, that looked really cool. So, but anyhow. Oh, that look, would have been nice to see that one. Look, Marcel, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, mate. I've really enjoyed getting to know you a little bit more about you know your history and um how you got into the hobby and and i just hope that yeah, it's been uh, great i've really enjoyed myself i think it's been great oh that's good mate is this your first time you've been I had a wonderful time is this the first time you've been on a podcast um uh to do with the hobby yes i think the last time i was on a a call like this i had to do a driving awareness exam so oh, right. okay <laughs> where i've been caught speeding so it's a little bit okay <laughs> But that's why I was all set up and ready to go. (laughs) Okay, buddy. Well, I hope hope you had a good experience uh, doing this, and I hope that um, and I'll I'll leave links in the show notes in this podcast in the show note description. You can go down and check out Snakework Studio and uh, Marcel's Instagram and Twitter and all that. I'll leave it in there so you can go and access that. Uh, And as I know, you're a very avid poster. You know, you're posting stuff every day keeping people in the loop, keeping people in the nostalgia, uh, you know, frame of mind every day, releasing some kind of photo from the past, which is great. You've and got to feed them, keep them fed. You've got to, you've got to feed me, mate. you got to keep keep feeding me more epic. Okay? <laughs> so I hope that comes to the channel too at some point, some point with your store. Hammers. It's coming. It's, 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 it's already happening. So. Oh, right. Is your, is your wife it's, doing the voiceover for that? Um, she can do. I'm not at the script writing stage yet. We're still uh-huh. in the... Uh, painting and footage stage right okay well be epic whatever form and and shape it takes i'm sure it'll be very entertaining and we look forward to it mate thank you again brilliant no i i appreciate that you're very kind okay well all the best for the channel and uh, for the future and And yourself uh, thank you very much sir and take care and i'll see you again next time okay thank you